Welcome to the Erasmus Foundation podcast. My name is Paul Nugent. Are you looking for answers to life and its meaning? Then this may well be the very podcast you need to listen to. In a series of podcasts, we are going to look at the difficult questions of life and apply spiritual knowledge to find out the answers. Hello, today we're going to talk about the importance of children's education. There are many conversations going on all the time, it seems, about children's education, the right way of doing it. Are we examining children too much? Are we not examining them enough? Should they know maths to a certain degree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? It's all rather heavy going for children, I think, in the schools. And we want to talk about perhaps the right way that children ought to be educated according to what spirit has to say. And so with me today, I have Corinne, Julia and Rosina to discuss this. And so I'd like to choose Corinne to begin with. And perhaps Corinne, you let us know why you chose this subject in the first place for us to, to discuss. Thank you. I have chosen this subject because I believe that the education of young children is very important because children are the adults of tomorrow and their education should help them to develop into well-balanced mature people. Education should help them to grow in harmony. Now we can witness nowadays that it is not always the case in the educational system. When we consider what is a child, a child is a spirit who came on earth in a physical body to live a tapestry of life. So when the little baby was born, the spirit has entered the little body. And so we have got the spiritual side, which is the mind, the mind has got all the knowledge gathered uh, in uh, at home and in previous lives, he on earth or perhaps in other dimensions. But all this knowledge is enclosed in the memory box at the time of birth. And we have got the physical side with the brain. The brain, which is the physical computer for this lifetime. So an education that should fit with what is a child in truth, should consider 
these two sides, the spiritual side as well as the physical side. And I believe that the aim, the first aim of education should be to help children to know themselves better and to try to achieve balance. The spirit comes into this human life with a tapestry of life, which is very individual and with a purpose. So what should be considered is that each child is an individual and has got uh, his own tapestry of life. So perhaps not all the same methods of teaching should be forced um, on children who are in a way quite different one from the other. Thank you, Corinne. Thank you. And Julia, now what we've established so far that the human being is made up of two parts, the, the spirit and the physical side. And perhaps education, particularly the early stages of a child's development, as Corinne quite rightly said, should be concentrating more on that human being, the little human being that we have, to find themselves and be in more in balance with itself and other people. So how would you like to proceed with this mm. now? Yes, well, I think from what we believe here, we take a life and really I feel we should be looking at the whole life, however long it is, as an education. Uh, we seem so focused with cramming so much knowledge, especially academic stuff, into little people. And what we believe, as Karina's already mentioned, about developing them as an individual and allowing them time and space to get to know themselves and getting out into nature, much more relaxed beginning to their life because, you know, they have their whole life ahead of them to learn and to decide really what they want to do with their life because everybody has a purpose and why should they be in a way almost forced to learn so much stuff that may not be of interest to them and may not be relevant to the life that they have taken and to what they really feel they would like to do. So I think we have it all wrong here. The, there's so much pressure. And as you said at the beginning, Paul, there are various stories coming out now more and more about stress. Um, recent story about children being very stressed at a reading test because it was a little bit hard. Um, I've also heard some parents having difficulty to get their children to do their homework. So I'm sure there are many, many stories that parents could um, talk about and teachers to illustrate that something is not right with our education system. 
And obviously at this time in our world, it, it is a difficult time. And there's a lot of um, things that are going on that children are vulnerable to. You know, a lot of influences and pressures from social media, um, from gang culture, drugs, all these other things that really shouldn't be a part of anybody's life, let alone a child's life. And then you've got other issues of poverty, um, children experiencing things that they shouldn't have to be worrying about. You know, they should be enjoying life out in nature with animals, you know, listening to music, um, art, all these other things, whatever really interests them. And instead, they're pressured academically and socially and just generally they must be feeling a lot of the things that are going on in the world must be having an impact in a, a some way in their day-to-day -day lives. So really until a lot of these things have been resolved and we have a more spiritual world where the mind can surface mm -hmm. and children can be free to discover themselves as an individual, I think it's going to continue to be very, very difficult for young people. And I just assume that gradually people will become more and more aware that our education system really needs to change quite radically. Thank you, Julia. So, Rosina, you were a teacher and yes. you know more than most, I guess, about the education of children at the present moment in time. So should children just be allowed to be children? It's something that when I was younger, I seemed to be allowed to be just a child and without the pressures that unfortunately come to us all when we reach adulthood. What do you think about that? Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Of course, they need to be children because that's what they are. And trying to treat them in any other way would be wrong. Um, and you're absolutely right. If everything that Julia and Corinne have said, I could find hundreds of examples to support the fact that children are put under a huge amount of pressure. They're having to shoulder things which children should not have to shoulder, should not have to endure. I remember when I first started as a teacher, I walked into school one day and all the tables were set out in the hall for an exam. And I remember walking through there and it filled me with a kind of horror because it reminded me of the times when I had to go into exam rooms and sit for three hours and write essays and whatever. Um, and I asked, I, I was puzzled and I, I thought, uh, who, who are these tables set out for? And I was shocked to find out that they were set out for six-year-old children to sit while they were taking their tests. And I was horrified at that. And I felt at the time that I had not gone into teaching to do this to children. And often 
what I was asked to do, from the bottom of my heart, I did not agree with. And this I found very stressful because I often, my performance as a teacher was judged accordingly as to how well I performed these tasks that they were asking me to do that I didn't agree with. And I think that this put a huge, and not just me, other teachers as well, put a huge amount of pressure on teachers and a huge amount of stress. And as much as you try and not do this, that stress and some of that stress does get transferred onto the children as well. And I think that we know that recently there was this whole thing that has come up about Ofsted and about how one head teacher took her life after a bad Ofsted report. And again, I, I went through those inspections. I was inspected myself on numerous occasions. And I can tell you that the stress that that involved was, it was ridiculous. It was almost inhuman. And I, again, a lot of that then gets transferred onto the children. And I think this is something that really does need to be urgently addressed. It needs to be urgently addressed because they know that the rate of suicide amongst young children and young people has risen quite drastically over the last five, ten years. And you can blame that on all kinds of things. And I would say that perhaps a lot of things have gone to contribute that to that and Julia mentioned many of those things but I would say that education also the way children are educated needs to be looked at as well because it is also putting a huge amount of stress on to children. Now I would just like to say this one thing because the title of this talk was about the importance of education and I'm going to say without a doubt that what is happening to children now is not actually what I would term as education. It's maybe indoctrination. It may be some kind of pummeling them with information or facts, which may or may not be facts. And as far as it being useful for them, well, really, all it's doing is giving them a a certain techniques in order to pass exams. Now, to my mind, that is not education. And at the moment, I don't see very much evidence of that, sadly. Okay, Regina, thank you. Okay, well, so what we've done now, we've highlighted the issues of the present educational system that we have given to our children and it seems unsatisfactory to all of us and to many other people out there of course it, and particularly to the children and I think we need to now look at what we need to put in place 
to actually replace the existing system with something a little bit more sane. So, Corinne, let's start with you again. So, what would you think a good educational system would contain? We all understand here that it should be with spiritual uh, teaching, really, because from this early age, and really, not with pressure, but uh, very slowly, children uh, should be taught about spiritual matters, certainly, and also, in the same time, I believe, um, as we are all part of the natural law, uh, children should have a link with nature. I believe that um, there is a start, and it is encouraging. Um, for example, in this county where I am living, um, which is uh, Territoire de Belfort, it is the smallest county in France. But at the beginning of this year, a training course for teachers to learn how to teach outside has just taken place for the first time. We can say that people made the project to teach to children in, in the great outdoors. So the first step was to train the teachers. And it is not just, you know, to go out one day sometimes in the forest. This experience is a commitment over the school year to create a real relationship between children and the natural environment. There is a central school cooperation office together with the Maison de l'Environnement who support the teachers who want to go in in that direction. And recently, I, I have been told that there are now 19 outdoors class in this county. So it is, I think it is very interesting because it is a first step. Of course, as Rosina said, in the educational system, they want to see some results, and and uh, it is too early now to to have a, a, a scientific outcome of it. But what the teachers say is that children are much more relaxed, much more enthusiastic, and really, I think it is a first good step. And. I would like to make a comparison with the spiritual teaching. It will be necessary to train teachers to teach about spiritual matters, of course. So I believe that the Erasmus Foundation is going to play a great deal in the development of this um, side of the education. 
because the same as what is taking place to train teachers um, to take the children outdoors, the teachers also, and parents, of course, uh, will need to learn about spiritual matters so that they will be able to teach them to the children in, in their turn. So it is a bit exciting because it, it, it is a beautiful project and, and I believe people will open gradually as, as there are some teachers who desire to go outdoor. I also believe that in time, there will be some who will ask to know more about spiritual matters so that they could teach them to their pupils. That's very good, Kareen. Very encouraging and very interesting. Thank and you. also, Julia, we need to get to the stage where perhaps our young people learn to become better individuals, more comfortable with themselves, getting mm -hmm. to know who they are as individuals and finding out about themselves and others and truth and all these good things that could be very enjoyable to do as well as very educational. What do you think about that? Mm. Well, I completely agree. And I think um, you mentioned truth. I think this is a very important value that should be um, encouraged and explained if it needs explaining right from a very early age. I believe that probably children um, in the main are naturally truthful, but this is something that's not given great value in our world today. So I think truth is very important to explain to a child that it's uh, important to be truthful to others and be truthful to themselves and to give an understanding of why that is. Because as you say, um, each child needs to get to know themselves. So obviously to be truthful is absolutely key. And also just general behavior, how they are with each other. You know, we use the word graciousness. So again, that can be explained, you know, in a very gentle, careful way, I'm sure, each child is, is unique, but just so that the child understands that truth is key and how they behave with each other is also important. And to respect differences and to perhaps be encouraged to be interested and curious about each other because everyone is so unique. And if children could see themselves as an individual and not be worried about how they might rate themselves against another, which is very much apparent today. So just appreciate themselves the way they are, um, the skills they have, the strengths they have, which will gradually become apparent to them as the years go by if they apply themselves in the right way, as I'm sure in the future, the spiritual tutors will encourage them to do. And this will be done in a very um, peaceful environment in the future. 
you know, there won't be any pushing or pressure to achieve things at certain times. It would just be very natural. Children should and will in the future, I believe, be allowed to do things at their own pace and do things that they feel they would like to do so that they reach perhaps the age of 10 or 12 and they feel comfortable within themselves and with other people. And at the same time, they have a good idea of what they would like to do with their lives, you know, their purpose. And perhaps that might entail studying something in an academic way, or it may be something a little bit more vocational. They might have a, an ear and a feel for music. They might have a love of animals. They might be very artistic, very creative. They might be curious about all sorts of things. But I hope that by that time, they would have a certain peace within them and a certain balance that will really give them a great foundation to take them forward into their teens and then onward into adulthood, where they will feel a lot more um, in tune with what life is about and, and the responsibilities that they then take on in perhaps having their own children will give these children a good balanced start as well. So, as I said at the beginning, Paul, I think that in the future, life will be looked upon as a whole because we don't stop learning. It's not just about education as a child, but children's education is vital because we do need a good solid foundation to take us forward so that we can learn in the best possible way as we get older and as we go through the different chapters in our life. That's lovely, Julia. Thank you very much. So, Rosina, my experience in the workplace has been that the kind of people that are really most easily selected at the time of interviews are those that are most personable, those that, that work well in a team, those that have decent beliefs in themselves and, and others and, and want to fit in and really want to take part in the new role that has been presented to them. Not those necessarily that, who are academically superb or supreme, shall we say, with high grades, etc. It's quite often the personality of the person and how they will fit in with all the others in the team. So looking at it from a teacher's point of view, what is it that you would have wanted to have done as a teacher to bring these children to the level where when they enter the world of work, that they will fit in more comfortably and happily with everyone else? Well, Paul, to answer that, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit because um, I think that if you think when a baby is born, they are pretty much in balance. They become out of balance through the experiences that they have had had to endure or they've had during their lifetime. 
And I think also that one of the most important things is that children will look towards adults for instruction. They will want to please the adult that is around them. Julia mentioned about giving children, being encouraged to give truth. If you want a child to be truthful, you also have to be truthful to that child. If you want a child to have respect, you also have to respect that child. And the problem is with the schools as they are at the moment, is that everything is so rushed. We had to, we had an hour to get, I mean, in that hour, we would have to teach certain things, we'd have to cover certain things in that lesson. Now, that's not, that's not really teaching, that's just throwing out information and hoping that some of that information is going to stick. To my mind, that wasn't teaching. And I hated that aspect of my job. One of the other things that I really, really was concerned about, particularly with the children that I was teaching at the end of my career, I taught children with speech and language disorders. And it dawned on me that actually these children weren't being spoken to. They, they, they didn't have, people didn't talk to them because it was a problem for people to understand what they were saying. They just didn't bother to talk to them. And this concerned me because we could get their language up to a certain level, but it's really important that children, in order to, de to develop their language, have conversations with people. And yet, I, I don't think that those children had many conversations with adults. And in fact, and this was the thing that I have to say, which really concerned me, that I wondered how much within our class, which was a specialist class, how often we actually sat down with the individual child and spoke with our child. So I decided that I would, I, spot, I spoke to my um, assistants and I said, what we're going to do is we're going to monitor how often we have a conversation with a child, not talking at a child, but talking with a child, going into a conversation with that child. I was horrified at the end of the week to find that actually so little conversation was actually happening. Much of the talk was people us talking at the children now that wasn't but none of us there were doing that on purpose we were doing that because we were so rushed we had to get things done we were working under such ridiculous amount of pressure now i fortunately i was during my career um i was a little bit of a maverick and um i did take children outside I did have conversations with children and I allowed those children to have time and space to develop things that they enjoyed and wanted to do but I was under tremendous amount of pressure and I was heavily criticized for doing that to a point where 
I was even admonished for doing that. Now, in that respect, if I was to go back to teaching, I, I think one of the main things that I would want to do would be to not be so worried myself about reaching certain targets as a teacher, knowing that this might well affect my ability to be able to um, progress my career. But I sometimes look back and think, I wish I had had a little bit more courage to buck that system a little bit more. Because some of the things, as I said, that I was asked to do, I was really unhappy about doing, and I didn't actually believe in it. And I, I remember when I started, um, I did a degree in early childhood studies, and it was a wonderful degree. And one of the things, one of the philosophies behind that degree was that they maintained that it was important that you looked at a child from a holistic perspective. And I went into teaching with that view that that's what I wanted to do, was to look at a child and understand that child from a holistic perspective. Because regardless of what your definition of education is, a child will not learn, and there's a physiological reasons why they don't learn if they're under pressure. Their brain um, just closes down and they don't learn. Now there is absolute scientific evidence to support that. They know that. And yet they still continue to put these children under pressure. So really, I think, as Corinne said, there are things, I mean, that all sounds very negative, but I think that finally now, people are beginning to realize that change has to take place because of the results and because of what is happening, change has to take place. And Corinne mentioned about um, the, uh, the schools, the special schools where they go out and go out into the, um, the forests and the, the outside and, and they do learning outside. They've actually had been doing this for, for some time. It's just that it's not, it's beginning to become more um, popular and people are beginning to realize the value of it more now. Um, and there is one organization called Forest School in, um, in England, and this has actually been going for quite a long time, but it's never become a main part of a child's curriculum. And that's what it needs to have. That's what needs to have to happen. That, that it needs to become the main part of their, their, their curriculum, it needs to be outside, needs to be in nature. And as Julia and Corinne have said, needs to be about understanding themselves from a holistic perspective including the spiritual side of, of, of their being. Very good, Rosina, very good. And very good ladies, all, all very good indeed. Very quite comprehensive discussion today. So I'd like to pass to Bettina now, if, she, if I may, if she'd like to speak on the subject. Yes, greetings. Greetings, Bettina. Now, 
from a spiritual point of view, I would like to express a little how we see how there should be change in so many aspects of life on your planet. And this is to occur going on into the future. Very, very much. Your world at present is sick. It is out of balance. There is disease, pandemic across your world. There is pollution causing poisons in the air, in the earth, and the whole of the way of life on earth is mismanaged by man's behavior. Man is affecting nature. His behavior is impacting in a bad way on nature. And therefore, as a natural progression, consequence, nature is responding in the way man is beginning to realize with the spread of disease by the increase in temperatures, which will cause famine, water shortages, and a complete breakdown of the world as it is. Something has to change. Man inspires his children to be taught in such a way to prepare them for their future part they will play in his world of materialism and greed. The only incentive for directing children's education is utterly aimed at a materialistic way of life. Now, what happens if 
And when there is a financial collapse of your system right across the world and materialism then is redundant and dissipates. Children should be prepared to be taught to live in a society that is well balanced, healthy and sane. The consequence of man's educational system is causing such stress and mental instabilities as has been mentioned this evening. Surely this is not the way to develop a child's mind or brain. All of this needs a revolution, a review in strength to calculate ways to teach children with a spiritual basis to help them develop and mature as balanced people. The future of your world has got to survive. And to do so, there has to be change. It may not continue as it is. And children's education prepares people for your future. And that surely is something which is important. The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing foundation based in Laxfield, Suffolk in the United Kingdom. We have a webpage www erasmus-foundation.org If you would like to be a guest on our podcast or indeed have further questions for us then please contact me on paul at erasmus-foundation.org and we'll do our best to accommodate you. Thank you very much for listening.